Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Bleed Hockey Podcast, episode 85. Um, unlike the past two episodes, number one, there's a video version of it. So if you're not watching the video version and you'd rather have that, it's on YouTube, on the Easy Hockey Views YouTube channel. Uh, although if you're listening to the audio or if you're watching the video version and you'd rather have just the audio version and you don't feel like paying for the YouTube premiums, by all means, go into whatever podcasting uh platform you prefer and it'll be there i uh i i worked hard enough to uh get it to be virtually everywhere so it should be easily to be able to be fine uh be found so um there you go so uh on top of the fact that we haven't we have a video version of the uh, episode today we also have a uh, actual shit to talk about Instead of, you know, kind of going for bottom of the barrel things here. Um, well, first off, let's just open the gates with. Um, which we're going to be ta- talking a lot about the. Uh, um, protocols, I'm not going to say the, the keyword because on YouTube, um, they still after a year or two of dealing with this uh, thing this uh demic of the the pans um it doesn't the algorithm doesn't really like when uh that is discussed so we're just gonna say protocol protocol is all all we're gonna say um and and we also you know we've gone through this long enough to where i don't have to actually say it just know protocol is what i'm talking about you know so speaking of protocols there's been a a memorandum put out on the 29th of november from the nhl board of governors well from bill daily and everybody to the board of governors club presidents so on and so forth um that as we're reaching holiday season um and 29th was past thanksgiving so uh at least american thanksgiving i know canadian thanksgiving happened beginning of the month but um happy belated thanksgiving by the way um they are saying due to a recent increase of um people being put on protocol the numbers of clubs under enhanced measures and temporary shutdown of two NHL clubs um being the uh and the Temporary shutdown of two financial clubs being the Ottawa Senators and the New York Rangers, uh, not Rangers, New York Islanders, my bad, um, which we'll also get into when we get to the second half of the episode, uh, talking about the standings and who's went up, who's went down. Um, you'll see that there's very little change in their movement, if any, as well as the records reflecting this. Um All club organized holiday parties for this season shall be canceled and until further notice players and club personnel shall refrain from participating in autograph sessions open to the public, public speaking engagements and public charity events. So basically trying to mitigate the situation before it gets out of hand, which is good. And we don't want to find ourselves in a situation where we're having to um, postpone more games because half of a team is on protocol like right now the blues for example they've got they just yesterday put jordan bennington at the beginning of the day 
on protocol. And right before puck drop, they uh, had to put uh, Justin Falk on protocol. So they have uh, Tyler Bozak on protocol, David Perron, Jordan Bennington. Um, and I think just one other guy. And then Justin Falk all on protocol, like four or five guys on protocol already. Um, and they had to roll 11 forward, seven defensemen. And they've had to do that like the past couple games. Not a good thing. Um, to do and there's a lot of other teams that are having the same issue um which they're trying to mitigate so i mean also got to keep that in mind when we go over the uh the standings because yeah there's a lot of teams that should be higher than they are but you know protocol and the people that are being put on protocol take a shot every time i say protocol you will probably die of alcohol poisoning by this point um it's not going to be good uh, to say the least, it's going to, which at this point, you got to really ask yourselves um, with the Olympics being two months away. Yeah, the uh, Winter Olympics are two months away. And um, got to ask yourselves, do they still go through with that? Or do they uh, back out and back? Nah, uh, the risk is uh, becoming more you know, apparent that it's not really... Uh, not really worth sending your uh, your assets overseas to uh, compete in the Olympics. Uh, maybe maybe next time around, maybe. Um, but we'll see uh, when we get to that point. But yeah, uh, all their um, extracurriculars seems to be kind of put on hold at this moment. Um, Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, on the other hand, here. Um, apparently were put up for sale um, as they had a, although I guess that is official now because when I wrote this, it was kind of like um, floated around, but they did put an official press release that the the Penguins and the Fenway Sports Group, um, it's a big, uh, big conglomerate uh, who even, who notably owns the Boston Red Sox baseball team, um, has purchased a stake in the Pittsburgh Penguins, um, which from what I believe, um, the, that Mario Lemieux still has his shares of the team, but, uh, I think it was Ron Burkle is his name. Uh, Uh, I think his stakes are gone. Yeah, Ron Burkle. I'm pretty certain. Do what? Apparently, okay, so apparently the LeBron James is now part of owner of the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, according to US, uh, USA Today. Um, cool. Um Hmm. I mean, unless he's part of the Fenway Sports Group, which is possible. Um, although I'm just saying, if they have a uh, ownership in uh, NBA or operations, that's kind of a kind of conflict of interest. But yeah, the Pittsburgh Penguins are now been sold to the Fenway Sports Group. 
cool. And uh, the deal is not, it's subject to approval, but is expected to close by the end of the year if it hasn't already been. But um, from all the articles I've, I've read, it, it's apparent that uh, it seems to be done, uh, sealed and delivered. So there you go. In other news, the Minnesota Wild announced that they, well, previously announced that they will be retiring Miku Koivu's jersey number. I believe his number was number nine. I'm not mistaken uh, for on Sunday, March 13th. Um, who are they playing that day? That will be probably a rival of some sort. I would imagine, you know, of all the days you got to pick, you know, got to go against a good rival and eh, Dashville. I mean, I guess they got a rivalry i guess i mean i'm not really a uh i don't really follow the wild too much uh except for when they burst the blues for the most part but uh even though i do have a minnesota wild jersey but uh that's neither here nor there but yeah he uh his jersey number nine uh into the rafters sunday march 13th and he will be the first player in franchise history to have his jersey retired so congratulations to miku koivu uh, another news, the Montreal Canadiens uh, shaking up the front office is um, the owner of the Canadiens has, uh, well, first off, Scott Mellenby was apparently promised uh, per Andy Strickland of Valley Sports Midwest that uh, he was promised to be the next general manager of the Montreal Canadiens, but apparently ownership has other plans for that position, which was very, uh, which was uh, well apparent because uh number one i guess since he found out about that he uh resigned from uh being the assistant general manager of the montreal Canadiens. and then right after that i think about a day or two after mark bergevin gets fired as the canadians general manager even though this son of a bitch freaking brought the uh whether it be a fluke or not brought him to the Stanley Cup final for the first time since 1993, but that's neither here nor there. Also first Canadian team to make the Stanley Cup final since 2011 when the Vancouver Canucks went, but that's also neither here nor there. Uh, the Canadians also relieve assistant general manager, Trevor Timmons and senior vice president of affairs and communications, Paul Wilson of their duties. Um, and the process to search for the next general manager is underway. And Jeff Gordon, uh, previous of the New York Rangers fame, uh, has been hired as the new executive vice president, executive vice president of hockey operations. And he was the former general manager for the New York Rangers from the 2015 to 2021 seasons uh, before being replaced by Chris Drury in May after being fired uh, after the Rangers put out the whole press release about how... Um, they, the NHL was um, wrong in not oh, basically ridiculing them for how they uh, reprimanded Tom Wilson, basically uh, Triple H, WWE, Triple H pedigreeing uh, uh, Artemi Panarin's face straight to the ground, along with beating Pavel Buznevich's face. Uh, uh, Pavel Buznevich's uh, face into the ground on the while his head was on the ice, still punching it. Um, being the absolute goon, like 
and in the like the worst way possible, of course. Um, but yeah, got fired and got replaced. But you know, he's he's got that position now, and he served as the assistant general manager uh, for four seasons prior to that 2015 promotion uh, to general manager. So he's got he's, he's quite seasoned. Uh, I don't know if he's the bilingual, uh, if he fits that bilingual um, thing that the Canadians are all hung up on. I mean, I understand you're in Quebec um, or Quebec or however you want to pronounce it. Um, and you want to, you know, with all the French outlets out there, you want to be able to, to talk in their language too. But uh, we'll see, I guess. Um, there you go. Uh, another news, Evander Kane of the San Jose Sharks has been placed on waivers um, as he has now finished his suspension uh, for getting a fa- uh, fake vaccination card. Uh, I think he's about like 20-something games he had to uh, serve. And supposedly a trade is rumored to be made for him, but nothing has came of it as of right now. Um, and he has since cleared waivers along with Ottawa Sanders forward Logan Shaw being put and sent down on waivers um, following his uh, team mate, uh, Matt Murray, to the Belleville Senators. In other news, um, per the hockey guy on YouTube, uh, he didn't really cite a source really other than the fact that I guess there's some banking, uh, some sources for some banks some high, you know, some big banks whenever you're talking about a multi-million dollar uh, hockey clubs. Uh, apparently those sources are saying that there's potential talk to sell the Coyotes, hence why I'm wearing the Coyotes jersey, even though that the main topic of the video is not, or the podcast is not about the Coyotes. But hey, I figured, hey, I'll roll it out. Um haven't really worn it too much, although the Minnesota Wild jersey really needs to make an appearance as well. But that's on the line. But circling back to the Coyotes, apparently uh, there's potential to sell the Coyotes to a buyer with the intent to move to Houston. Although, as the hockey guy in his video, which if you know if you haven't watched it, go ahead and watch it if you if you don't mind. Um, so easy hockey view sent uh, says hello, um, but. What sense would it make if you own the team, but you want to you want to buy it without with the um, intent to, for them to move the team to Houston when you could just do that yourself? Makes no sense. Makes no sense. Um, also, a big red flag for the potential to have an arena project being uh, put in uh, Tempe, Arizona, as uh, apparently there's resistance from the Phoenix airport about um, the location and uh, relocation of people because, you know, I guess there's uh, housing where that potential um, arena would go and they don't want to uproot people that it basically eminent domain situation and uh, eminent domain ain't cool. Uh, it is not, but, um, in some scenarios it's, you know, for the, for their sustainability of the area, probably good, but same time uprooting a lot of people. And I could see why Phoenix airport may have a situation, uh, may have, you know, a problem with that, but, um, but yeah, 
as uh, the Coyotes are about to get to the second half of their final year in uh, Glendale at the uh, Gila River Arena, um, things are going to probably be in motion to either A, have a sale or have a relocation plan or something um, because they kind of really need to figure this uh, whole arena thing out uh, before the season goes like they kind of want to have pen the paper on some sort of deal um but i'm just saying as i've stated before you can say you can even go back on the on the youtube channel to the coyotes relocation video i think i had like one or two coyotes relocation videos up about how i say yes would houston be a good market for this team absolutely even though this iteration of the team comes from an iteration of the Winnipeg Jets that was never really good anyway, once it joined the NHL from the WHA, sucked, went to Arizona to try to grow the game in the Sun Belt, did grow the game in Sun Belt. That, uh, that is certain a thing that it did uh, without sustained success, mind you, but at least it can say that they achieved in one thing and that is growing the game from what it was down in the Sun Belt. Um, especially with how um, the Arizona uh, the Arizona Sun Devils and their hockey club is doing uh, down there, uh, doing great things down there. And now you have the biggest Golden Knights in the Sun Belt that they can kind of take over in case, um, which they can't, which with the Vegas Golden Knights being there, I would imagine that and also, since the Arizona Coyotes are now part of the Central Division, what better time than now to move them? Not to say that I would like them to move. I'm just saying, if you're going to have to, what a better time because you have you, now you don't have to worry about losing your foothold in the Sun Belt because you had the Vegas Golden Knights for that now, and then you can put them in a, an area that theoretically, hopefully, they can sustain something. But like I said. This team has never really sustained much success other than that one time and then it went to the, the Western Conference Final in 2012. That was as far as they went. But it's never been really sustainable. But um, I hope they figure stuff out soon because um, clock's ticking. Um, so now we have the main event. Uh, well, before we get to the main event here, let's... Uh, these two last ones here, Carolina Hurricanes head coach Rod Brindamore uh, being fined um, $25,000 for inappropriate conduct during uh, the game that the Carolina Hurricanes had against the Washington Capitals on November 28th. Uh, basically him uh, shouting, uh, it's bullshit, it's bullshit at the uh, uh, referees and um, not really having a good time about it when uh, being calls are being made. Um and his money will be going to the NHL Foundation. Um, this team is, uh, this freaking league is soft. And uh, in the famous words of Brian, Ryan Whitney, uh, NHL is a sick league and not in a good way. Uh, and also, uh, Brad Marchand getting suspended three games for slew footing uh, Vancouver's Canucks defenseman Oliver Ekman Larson, uh, former of the Arizona Coyotes. Um, we're slew footing them, and there you go. And now we get into the main event here. Um, so 
the last time LA Kings and the Ottawa Senators uh, faced off each other, it was in Ottawa, I believe. Um, yeah, I believe it was in Ottawa. Um, so Bren Lemieux uh, and Brady Kachuk having a little bit of a, a fight uh, in the uh, corner behind the goal line in the corner and um, getting down on the ice, still fighting. Referees couldn't get them off of each other. Uh, they're going at it for probably a couple minutes on the uh, while they're still laying on the ice, still going, and then all, all of a sudden uh, break it apart. They finally get it to be, uh, you know, break apart. And Brady Kachuk starts screaming, looking at his hand, screaming, showing his hand to the referee. And I'm like, oh, and then everyone's like, all right, well, what happened? Well, he's straight up screaming, hey, he fucking bit me. Because Brendan Lemieux just bit Brady Kachuk on his hand while they were in the tussle. So um, uh, he ended up getting, I think he got ejected from the game. I'm pretty sure he got ejected for a game misconduct for biting. And then he also uh, got suspended. But we'll get to the suspension in a minute because that suspension is also quite soft, uh, to say the least, when you're talking about biting. But um, And also consider the fact that we're in a world war... Uh, you know, infections and people getting put on protocols, you know, even regardless of uh, if you're vaccinated or not, um, biting transmits stuff, you know, into the bloodstream. And when stuff the, uh, gets put in the bloodstream, it uh, travels faster and in places you don't want to uh, have it. So uh, don't bite people, guys. Don't bite people. But yeah, um, after the game, uh, Brady Kachuk, his whole um, his little excerpt here, uh, although side note, um, yeah, uh, so this is what he said. This is what the one time I'm going to answer this. Uh, it was the most gutless thing someone somebody could ever do. This guy, you could ask any one of his teammates. Nobody ever wants to play with him. This guy is a bad guy and a bad teammate. He focuses on himself all the time. The guy is just a joke. He shouldn't be in the league. The, this guy is gutless. No other team wants him. He's going to keep begging to be in the NHL, but no other team is going to want him. He's an absolute joke. I can't even wrap my head around it. People don't even do this. He's just a bad guy. Kachuk didn't seem, uh, didn't stop there either because uh, he goes on to say that th it's outrageous. Uh, kids don't even do that anymore. Babies do that. I don't even know what he was thinking. He's just a complete brickhead. He's got nothing up there. Bad guy, bad player, but what a joke he is. Um, but yeah, someone paid, um, this is actor. I, I can't remember. I know his first name is Gilbert. I don't remember what his last name is. Um, but yeah, the, the guy that talks really slow and, um, very funny. Uh, they made him, someone paid a, um, for a cameo of him reading that entire thing. And, uh, it was quite funny if I uh, want to listen to that. Uh, it's probably somewhere on the, in the hockey Twitter. Uh, but yeah, after, after this happened, um, he, Brendan Lemieux, uh, ended up getting a, uh, he was offered an in-person hearing via Zoom for biting him. And you'd think, okay, biting, not really a thing in the NHL. 
and uh, also considered the severity of our times right now. You'd think, okay, 10, 15, 20, maybe. No, no. Five. Five games is is worthy of uh, biting someone, apparently. So, um, yeah, Bernard Lemieux out, suspended for five games for biting him. So, um, yeah, this. I'm just saying, this league really needs to figure the fuck out what is important and what is not. And clearly, they have the two those two things flipped around about how this is a league, mind you. This is a league that fined the New Jersey Devils $3 million for cap circumvention while only char- uh, only charging the Chicago Blackhawks $2 million for hiding a sexual assault scandal for over a fucking decade. And on top of that, charging a head coach $25,000 just for yelling at a referee because he got his call you know, his call wrong or calling him out about it. And just because someone got his, their goddamn feelings hurt, fucking get charged $25,000. And then, oh, here's Brendan Lemieux biting a, someone in the fucking hand. And he's actually has a big old ga- gash. Like it was like, probably if you're watching the video version of this, um, yeah, about that wide of a freaking bite. Like that's like damn near like, like as much as your mouth is when you're smiling, like that's a lot. Molders and all in there. Not good. Not good at all. Along with all the other spit and sweat and shit that whatever is on the ice, you don't want to freaking have that going into your wound, man, but get infected. You know, what a goddamn league we, uh, we throw our money at, huh? Yeah, you know, at, at some at some point, you know, things gotta things gotta stop. This shit gotta stop. <laughs> at some point, one day, I guess maybe one day, we can all hope. We can honestly all hope. That's all we can do. But anywho, on the other side of uh, the break here, we'll uh, get into the standings current as of the morning of Friday, December 3rd, which is when I'm recording this. So uh, when we get back from the break from our sponsor, we, uh, at least on the audio version, at least uh, we will be going over the standings. All right, we're back. And um, so now we uh end the episode with uh, a little bit of a roundup for the um, standings. So going through it, the only division that didn't change at all in positioning positioning in its own division is the Atlantic, uh, Atlantic division. However, for the first time this season, or at least the, for the first time on the um podcast and me doing the weekly roundup of the standings the Atlantic division now has a wild card holder congratulations Atlantic division you finally did it hooray um going from bottom to top here uh number eight 
once again for another week consecutive. The Ottawa Senators, with a record of 5-15-1, did not move. And the only change was, I believe, it was one win. That is it. And that's because of the protocols that that team got put under, and now they will have makeup games to be had. Number seven, once again, another week at seventh place, the Montreal Canadiens with a record of 6-17-2. Number six, for another week, Buffalo Sabres with a record of 8-12-3. Number five, another week at number five for the Boston Bruins with a record of 12-8-0. Number four for another week, Detroit Red Wings holding a wild card spot, boys. Uh, with a record of 12, 9, and 3. And they hold the number one wild card in the in the uh in the east, mind you. Number three for another week, the Tampa Bay Lightning with a record of 13, 5, and 4. Uh, number two for another week, the Toronto Maple Leafs with a record of 17, 6, and 1. And number one in the division for another week consecutive. Although there was a time that they briefly fell out of first place, but they're back on it uh, as of the morning of today of me recording this Friday, December 3rd is the Florida Panthers with a record of 16, four and three. The only reason why they're up there is because of all those overtime losses. Just hope you don't have a tie at the end or else regulation plus overtime loses is going to hurt them. In other news, the Metropolitan Division. Uh, the only difference between this team uh, this week and last week is one overtime loss, and that is New York Islanders with a record of 5, 10, and 3. The Philadelphia Flyers occupy number seven, uh, seventh place for another week with a record of 8, 9, and 4. The New Jersey Devils holds the sixth place spot again for the, for the record of 9, 8, and 4. The Columbus Blue Jackets fall out of fourth place down to fifth, uh, down one spot. With a record of 12, 9, and 0. The Pittsburgh Penguins climbing up the ladder slowly but surely with a record of 10, 8, and 5, jumping up one spot from fifth to fourth, and they hold the second wild card in the East. Uh, and the only one in the Metropolitan Division. Um, what an interesting streak has ended for the Carolina Hurricanes as they fall from grace from first to third, still in the top three. It's okay, but uh, for the first time this season, dropping out of the first place spot in the Metropolitan Division with a record of 15, 6, and 1 and third place, dropping down two spots from first to third. And with that vacancy, the other two bump up one. So the Rangers, New York Rangers, with a record of 14, 4, and 3, bump up one spot from third to second. And your new Metropolitan Division leader, the Washington Capitals with a record of 14, 4, and 6. A lot of overtime losses, guys. Once again, copy-paste what I said about the Panthers. Just hope you don't find yourself in a situation where a regulation post-overtime wins are going to hurt you. Um, don't want to get used to that. Uh, Central Division time. Arizona Coyotes, surprise, surprise. Eighth place with a record of 5, 16, and 2 for another week. And for another week, Chicago Blackhawks, they stay at seventh place for the record of eight, 12, and two. The Winnipeg Jets drop down two spots from fourth to sixth with a record of 10, eight, and four. 
Nashville Predators dropped down two spots from third to fifth with a record of 12, 10, and one. The Colorado Avalanche hold the second wildcard spot in the West in fourth place with a record of 12, 7, and 1, dropping, uh, jumping up one spot from fifth to fourth as they're starting to make their climb up the standings, as you know, we're all predicting, um, starting to get healthier. Uh, Dallas Stars jump up three spots from sixth to third in third place with a record of 12, 7, and 2. There you go, Stars. Uh, number two, your 2019 Stanley Cup champion, St. Louis Blues, holding a record of 12, 8, and 3. Um, and they may fall. I have hopes that Vili uh, Huso will be able to uh, hold the ship steady as much as best as he can before uh, so Bennington can come back and all the other guys can come back off protocol and hopefully no more damn goddamn protocols. But they stay in second place for now. See if they can improve on that, especially since they're going to be uh, facing the Panthers tomorrow or today uh, when you're watching and listening to this. Or, uh, well, that and Tuesday when uh, the Panthers come through uh, St. Louis on Tuesday, which I'll be in attendance for. So, hey, hey. Um, And number one, the Minnesota Wild holding the first place spot again for the record of 16, six and one. So uh, doing pretty good. Uh, There's Minnesota wild. And on January 1st or January 2nd, I can't remember which one, but with the uh, winter classic it's coming up uh, against the uh, top two in the central. And uh, that will be an interesting time. Interesting time. I do wish I had the St. Louis uh, winter classic Jersey, but a, hey, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I'm sure I'll end up getting it some sometime one day. One day. One day. Size 52 in a uh, Adidas Audi Addy Zero jersey. Please and thank you. Um, but yeah. Last but not least, the Pacific Division. Uh, a lot of dropping down in standings here. Uh, number eight in the Pacific Division. Dead last in the division. The Vancouver Canucks. Um, with a record of Eight, 14, and two, dropping down one spot from seventh to eighth. Uh, Seattle only going up because they have one less regulation loss, also because they played one last game than the Vancouver Canucks, with a record of eight, 13, and two, jumping up one spot from eighth to seventh. Number six, the LA Kings stand pat at sixth place with a record of nine, nine, and four. The Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, go down one spot from fourth to fifth, falling out of that wild card spot as well. Uh, with a record of 12 and 10, looking to find some uh, you know, stability. Uh, San Jose Sharks holding the first wild card spot in the Western Conference, uh, with a record of 13, 8, and 1, jumping up one spot from fifth to fourth. The Anaheim Ducks standing pat at third place with a record of 13, 8, and 3. Edmonton Oilers holding a record of 16, 5, and 0. Uh, for another and staying at second place for another week and number one in the Pacific division for yet another week. Although they have an awful lot of overtime losses, copy, paste, copy, paste. Don't let regulation plus overtime wins bite you in the ass. Cause I guarantee you, especially in the Pacific division, especially in the Western conference, most likely even in the Eastern conference, it's 
little bit more tighter. And that's also the division everyone bitches the most. Like, oh, well, if, you know, if we didn't have the division, if we didn't have conferences, we'd have more Eastern and Western points. Yeah. Well, you know, regardless, don't lose in overtime. Win in regulation, you'll be fine. Um, regardless of point, the extra point or not. You know, regulation plus overtime wins. You know, that, that's important. That's very important. Um, but yeah, Calgary holding the number one spot in the Pacific Division with a record of 14, 4, and 5. So, um, yeah, there's your division. Uh, and there is your standings roundup for the week. And um, we go on for another week. And um, we only have maybe we have actually yeah, two full months of hockey left. And February is going to be hell. Although, I mean, yeah, hockey in the, I mean, Olympic hockey is great and all. I'll say that it's, it's great. It really is. But I'm just saying it's going to suck. Basically having an entire month of no opportunity to go and watch the games in person because it's in China <laughs> um, for the Olympic games. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll be watching it. And yeah, I'll most likely be doing a game of the nights for that instead, even though I don't have a, a team America Jersey, I probably should uh, at this point, but um, I don't, but just know that um, if it comes down to it, we'll have a PHF or the premier hockey federation uh, game of the nights, which that that's also coming down the pipe. That's coming down the pipe. I promise you, whether you like it or not, it's coming. Women's hockey coverage is coming. And I don't even care if I get zero views. I probably will get zero views because all of any time I talk about women's hockey on this goddamn channel, I don't get any cover. I don't get any views at all, regardless of the fact that I barely get views at all anyway, because I kind of stopped, you know, promoting it a lot, um, which I'm starting to. Again, but besides the point, women's hockey coverage is coming. Olympic hockey coverage is coming. So I don't want to paint this picture that this channel and this podcast is exclusively to the NHL, even though 99.999% of all content is going to be involving the national hockey league i just want to put that out there that yes i do plan when the time comes olympic hockey coverage will happen and also the women's hockey as well and as a matter of fact the um i may since the blues game starts at noon tomorrow i might take notes for the game uh, tomorrow's when it is, I believe. Which the 
the thing that sucks about um, the ESPN app is that they kind of make it hard. Like I really have to dig and dig and dig just to find the schedule. So yeah, the Toronto six, which is my PHF team that I am pledging my allegiance to also the only Canadian one of the six teams that they have uh, the Toronto six. I wonder why they named themselves the Toronto, the, the, the six definitely is not because they're the sixth team in the league. How original. But I love them nonetheless. And they'll be versing the Boston Pride. Uh, which it took a lot of pride, uh, which, you know, if I didn't have so much pride in being a St. Louis sports fan, I would probably be following the Boston Pride on the on the grounds that they're freaking uh, just their unis are just absolute magic. Uh, although uh, the second runner up, this actual second runner up for the my allegiance for the premier hockey federation was the Minnesota Whitecaps. Um, also, because you know, black jerseys love black jerseys. Exhibit A, if you're watching the video version with me wearing my Coyotes Kachina, the black Kachina, not the white Kachina. Um, but yeah, expect, I mean, I may, I may not, um, as I'm depending, depending on when I'm off primarily, but I mean, they only do games on the weekends. So I might, I might do coverage on that. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. I'm not going to promise anything, but we'll see. But yeah, uh, to end this out, um, yeah, expect a new episode probably Saturday um, as I actually kind of just need to look and see what my availability is. Anyway, actually, yeah, yeah, because I'll be off on the 11th. I'll be off on the 10th. I'll be off on the 9th. Yeah, so there'll be a new episode out on Saturday. Um, I might actually just film it on the Saturday, but we'll see. Uh, but anyway, catch you on the next one. Thank you very much.